everybody. This is the second time I've tried to record this podcast today. And the first one I did this morning before looking at the news and everything that was going on. And this evening, it's half past eight in the evening. And you've got me sat here just going through everything that happened today. All of the questions that I've been asked by clients, everything that I've seen going on. Um, I'm not really in my usual podcast environment. I do have summer puppy in here. She's not really a puppy. She turned six yesterday, but she's sat in here with me like old times. For those of you who have been with me since the beginning of the podcast, when Summer was a puppy and she used to bark in the back of the podcast recordings. Hopefully she's not going to do that now. It's kind of late at night. Um, She's settling down for the evening. We are just chilling out. So it's been a bit of a rough old ride, hasn't it? I don't know about you, but today left me feeling sad, angry, frustrated. I was all already feeling pretty disillusioned on Friday after seeing the mini budget. And I was trying my hardest all day to just find sources of information that were going to give me a little bit of hope or just a bit of comfort. And I haven't really been able to do that. So I thought that I would come to you with this podcast and just chat through everything that happened everything that's happened, what we think's going to happen. I honestly, hand on my heart, can't tell you what is actually going to happen. I wish I could, but I'm not going to be able to do that. But I think this podcast should serve as some sort of reassurance that as a property investing community, we're going to be okay. Right, I I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that. So should we dig into it? Let's dig into everything that's happened and the questions that I've been asked and I will give you the real answers. So, as we're very aware, the UK has been in turmoil for a while. We've now got Liz Truss as a prime minister and we have got Chancellor of the Exchequer um, in Quasi, oh my gosh, I've forgotten his surname. I barely remember Liz Truss's surname. Um, you know who I'm talking about. Friday, mini budget. What happened? Well, it was all about making the wealthy very wealthy and the poorest, even poorer, and completely skipped the middle part of the country. It just seems bizarre. It almost feels like they were having a practical joke with us. (laughs) I don't know about you, but on Friday when I saw the budget and then the pound started crashing, I was like, what is this what is this and just on our slack team chat for nc real estate we were just going backwards and forwards about how can this have actually happened 
<laughs> you know, how can this have actually happened? So there was nothing in it that eased the cost of living crisis. There was nothing in it that eased the extraordinary energy bills. And I know that Liz Trust will say that she put a cap on that, but they are still going to be extortionate. There is nothing that curbs inflation. The Bank of England base rate is currently at 2.2% as of Thursday, right? So already things are getting really expensive. This budget comes along. Everybody thought that maybe something good was going to come from it. No. Cutting the tax for the very highest levels of taxpayers, making bankers far more wealthy, getting ready, getting rid of universal credit at the bottom end or making it very hard for people who work less than 15 hours to get that. It just, and there's obviously more, but I think that for me really stands out. It just felt like an utter slap in the face. And that sent markets into turmoil, even more turmoil, because you've got all these tax cuts. Oh, you, you know, corporation tax being reduced again from 15%, gosh, 25% to 19%. Then you've got that 1% drop in income tax. So all of these tax breaks that have been given, uh, the promise that businesses can move to tax havens, you know, at a time where the country could really, really, really do with some help. Wages are not rising as much as inflation is by no stretch of the imagination. We have just been through a pandemic where our key workers were not paid enough for the jobs that they are and they're not going to be getting paid anymore. But yes, let's let the wealthy um, have those tax cuts and enjoy it. It just seems so out of touch with society. And so the fact that we actually need more money to be going into the system, and then there were all of these tax cuts, I think it's the equivalent of something like £65 billion worth of tax cuts. Well, the economy in the UK cannot stomach that, cannot stomach that. And yeah, people may save a little bit of money by not having to pay as much stamp duty, but for the love of God, like, you know, saving one to two thousand pounds when actually the cost of your interest rate is going up. So you're not going to save that at all. It's literally like kicking someone in the face and being like, yeah, that was pretty good for you. What? What? So yeah, sent the markets into turmoil. Uh, the pound crashed, fell really sharply, really, really sharply to unprecedentedly low levels, which, ugh. and there didn't seem to be any thought process of what's going to happen going forward. I'm laughing because I'm in utter disbelief, utter disbelief. I'm shocked that there is no consideration for the fact that 
well, if you make the poor poorer in a cost of living crisis, they're not going to be able to afford their rent. They're not going to be able to afford if they're on the housing ladder to be able to pay their mortgages. So where do they go? You know, so you've got that problem. Then you've got the fact that households won't be able to afford their mortgages if they're coming to an end of a fixed term um, where they've been typically really used to those low Bank of England base rates at 0.25, 0.5. Here we are, two percentage points higher. Today, we also have seen in the news that the Bank of England are very spooked and are potentially going to increase it again by the end of the week in order to um, stop any more inflation. So what, by the end of the week, are we going to be at 3%? you know, and climbing by the start of next year, what's going to be at 6%? And then what? Who's affording that? Going from 0.5% to 6% within the space of about 12 months? So if they can't afford their mortgages, you know, people are forced onto it. If you come to the end of your fixed term, you either remortgage into a new product or you go onto a variable rate. Well, the variable rate is what? 5% plus the Bank of England base rate. I don't know what people have signed, but potentially, how are they going to be able to afford that interest? It's a massive jump, again, when wages are not rising that fast. So then you're creating these bottlenecks in the housing market. So what are we going to see? We're going to see um, people not being able to pay their mortgages. We're also going to see people not be able to pay their electricity bills, their utility bills, their council tax. What happens if that doesn't get paid? Well, the utility companies are often far quicker than the mortgage lenders to jump down your throat and give you a CCJ. So then you've got that against your credit file, which means that you're less likely to be able to get a mortgage. You then default on your mortgage and all of a sudden everything starts to unravel for you, let alone being able to pay for the spiralling cost of food. I mean, it's sad. I was having a conversation with mum over the, ne- over the last couple of days and she's worried about turning her heating on. I think a lot of people are worried about turning their heating on. She was saying that when Harry and I go to stay with her over the next couple of weeks, I probably need to be uh, bringing some extra warmth to sleep in. I mean, come on, it's September. It's the end of September and this is a worry. Can you imagine what it's going to be like come January, February, March, depths of winter, everybody's had enough and no one can afford it? You know, that's why we're seeing all of these unions going out on strike. I don't begrudge anybody a strike. Go out on strike. You should. It's your right. But we're going to see more and more and more industrial action. And slowly but surely, people aren't going to be able to afford to live because they're not getting paid enough. Inflation is wild. The Bank of England base rate keeps jumping up so they can't afford their mortgages. Then what? We come to a point where people aren't spending money. That has a knock-on effect to businesses. Now then businesses also are suffering from the cost from spiraling costs, costs of goods. If you're a restaurateur, the cost of food, the cost of being in business premises, the cost of business rates, utilities, rent. 
And then the fact that people won't spend with you. My gosh, how difficult does it have to get before the government thinks, oh yeah, perhaps we should actually help. Actually, perhaps we created this. And here we are with a prime minister that hasn't been voted in. You know, we've gone through a series of prime ministers that aren't voted in, but I get why it's happened. I'm not saying that anything's rigged or anything like that. But at this point, we are in desperate times. And then we wake up this morning, Monday, and we see that the chaos in the market is starting to force mortgage lenders to pull out of the market. So there is um, a couple of lenders who've already made the de- this decision. Halifax said it was w- withdrawing its fee-paying mortgage products where borrowers could pay an arrangement fee in exchange for a lower interest rate. Uh, Virgin Money and Skipton Building Society have temporarily withdrawn their entire ranges um, and are going to see what happens to the market and then relaunch. If you have a mortgage in the works right now, you have to be checking in with your lender and seeing what they're saying. They are going to be issuing new rates because the cost of borrowing for them has gone up if they are getting borrowing from um, other countries, especially the US that is more expensive because of the exchange rate. I mean, and then today the the pound has fallen even more to the dollar. It's wild. And everybody is thinking, what on earth is going on? What is going to happen? We are in recession. We are in recession. And I know you might be thinking, Natasha, what has this got to do with you? I trade in the UK. Everything I do is in the UK. I get paid in pounds. I pay myself in pounds. You know, this is a big thing for me. And I worry about the well-being of my clients, of my family. My mum's house sale fell through today because uh, the buyer's mortgage product was pulled you know, it affects me deeply, all of this, as it will be you. To the extent that this afternoon I had a physio appointment and the traffic was so bad, Chris had texted me and said, oh, Harry's already gone to bed, he was exhausted. I didn't make it back in time to see my son go to bed and I get sad by that. That's one of the big things that I really like to do in the evening, but I didn't make it back after physio. And so I decided to um, stop at one of my favourite wine bars and just sit outside in the stillness and just have a small glass of wine to myself and think, wow, how far have we come over the last couple of years to fall so far? And it's disturbing, right? It's sad. As I said at the beginning, I led with the fact that I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. But it doesn't mean I'm going to stop. (laughs) Okay? I wanted to make that really, really clear. 
Whenever there's a change in circumstance, it doesn't mean stop, it means pivot. So I've been through all of the things that I think are mad about this time and there is going to be a lot of upset. There is going to be a lot of hurt. People are going to suffer really, really badly. And I want to make sure that you listening to this know that everybody is feeling it. It's not as if me as a property investor, as a surveyor, gets up in the morning is like business as usual. It is not business as usual. It is changing the way that we do things. Every recession, every period of un- of economic uncertainty is different. I got asked a really good question today with one of my clients. During the last recession, what was the one thing that investors did to make sure that they came out the other side successfully? And I will say to you, the investors that I worked with that really sure were really safeguarding themselves during the last recession was the investors who didn't panic. They knew that costs were going to be expensive and they knew that they probably weren't going to be making as much during the time, but they accepted that. They made sure that they um, accounted for that and for as much as possible could forecast what was coming in. So interest rates were um, fixed. They had an idea of void periods and they reduced the income that they wanted to get personally out of it so that, you know, multiple of their, multiple properties of theirs could um, look after the other properties if something went wrong and they made sure to communicate with their tenants through thick and thin. I'm not saying that they gave massive rent discounts, service charge discounts. No, what I'm saying is that they spoke to their tenants. They understood what was going on. They weren't above it. They were in it. They were working with their tenants. And that's what you're going to have to do. Because recessions are still a really good time to invest. Interest rates are going up. They're going to go up. I don't know where it's going to stop. I wish I could say, but I don't. And so you're not going to be able to afford to pay as much for property as you used to be able to. That means that you offer accordingly, right? Still a good time to invest. There will still be lenders. Uh, there are still lenders lending, just as an FYI on all of that. There are still lenders lending. <laughs> I just have to make, make that very clear. They're going to be changing their products, but that's okay. Your job is to speak to lenders or to speak to your broker and when you find a good product fix it in quickly don't let days go by fix it in there and then because interest rates are only going to climb that's important so fill out your documentation get that offer agreed get your valuation out and just keep moving forward like that I think you also need to make sure that you're not expecting too much out of a property. So in the next 12 to eight months, don't expect to be getting these this high cash out. Um, chances are you'll get less cash out, if 
any, valuers are being very cautious, very, very cautious. Material uncertainty clauses um, are popping up left, right and centre. We're seeing valuations in some respects reduced by 10 to 20% for that material uncertainty. Higher yields are being used because of risk. So what you would have accounted for maybe or what you would have valued the property at maybe a month or two ago, it's just not there right now. That's okay. Don't panic. Hold on. Hold on. Make sure that you're getting rent in. Make sure that you're talking to that tenant. You don't want to be putting yourself in a position where you can't service your mortgage debt and look after the building. Right. Really, really important. You also need to be offering accordingly, as I've already alluded to. So continue buying if you've got cash. Fantastic. Having cash is a good place to be. Um, We're seeing purchase prices or asking prices, sorry, come down. We're seeing a lot of that at the moment. Over the last week, I've seen that come down. Um, We've seen that in the lack of attendance at auctions. One of my clients bought a property auction the week before last. Well, he bought the property actually after auction. Initially, the client, no, the seller, sorry, wanted £775,000. We then got wind of the fact that there potentially wasn't going to be anybody turn up at auction to get this property. And my client ended up buying it for £640,000. It's 13 units. There is £62,500 worth of income coming in at the moment. And I still believe properties like that are a good investment. Why? Because you have multiple units bringing in an income. So if you lose one or even two of those tenants, you've still got income from all of the other tenants propping it up. So I would like to find many more of those properties because I think that's what's going to take my clients through this period of the recession. So yes, am I still going out there and offering on things? Yes. Are my clients still buying things? Yes, of course they are. Um, And that's how we're pivoting. We're pivoting to putting more money into deals. We are buying multi-let buildings that aren't just you know, one or two units. We're buying buildings, you know, with five, six, seven plus units in there so that we have uh, reduced that risk of the rental income coming in. We have got high rental income coming in so that we know that that can cover a mortgage as interest rates go up. And within that, we've got a bit of capital uplift baked in where there might be a vacant unit that we can get let or there might be some lease renewals that we can do and we can talk to the tenants about securing a lease renewal that's going to maintain the rental income. Um, That's at a level that those businesses can survive. So there's still things that we can be doing. Again, we don't stop. We just pivot. And when things become stressful, we turn to our communities. That's really, really important. You need community around you right now. Do not do this alone. You can't do this alone. Things are going to come up that you think, what 
the hell is this? Even on a daily basis, I find myself getting frustrated by things. I'm like, what is this? You know, uh, service charges with tenants. I mean, it's a constant gripe, but tenants have to pay. You have to still charge service charges because buildings still need to be maintained. If buildings are being used, they need maintenance because otherwise they're really going to deteriorate. So you've still got to demand things like that. And that's going to be harder because tenants aren't going to want to pay that as much. And so <laughs> you have to have that community around you in order to talk and ask the questions and get advice because it's not going to be an easy ride. Every single day, it's one step in front of the other. One step in front of the other. Another question I've been asked, should I still go ahead with the property I'm under offer on? Yeah. If you can still get the lending, yes, and you think it's a good deal, fantastic. Go for it. You know, keep investing, keep getting that money in if you know it's going to happen. Maybe relook at the price. Maybe. But again, if it stacks up with the interest rate that you are fixing in and you're fixing in for the next five years so that you can control your costs, what's stopping you from going ahead? It's those sorts of things that you really need to be thinking about. I don't think we should be stopping. That's why when I get asked, is now still a good time to be investing? Yeah, there's going to be opportunities. There are opportunities. You have to be a little bit brave as well. Don't take res reckless risks, but you have to be brave and keep moving forward because ultimately the end of this is that in five or 10 years time, you still have this really strong property portfolio. Look, it might not happen in 12 months, but you're still building towards those goals that you are aiming for in the next five to 10 years. So keep moving forward because all that will happen is you'll get to a certain stage and you'll look back and you'll think, I really should have invested in that at that time. Don't let deals slip through your fingers because you're scared. You need to batten down the hatches once you've bought the property. Make sure it's safe and secure and move on. It's going to be okay. We are going to get through this one step at a time. And yes, you can be angry. Yes, you can be frustrated. Yes, it is so annoying, but here we are. Let's deal with it. I have got some events coming up over the next couple of weeks. If you want to come and see me and chat to me about this in person, I'm going to be at SAS Northwest on the 6th of October, which is exciting. We're going to be talking about everything to do with commercial property, the good, the bad, the ugly. And on the 13th of October, I'm going to be at SAS Dragon in Cardiff. And again, we're going to be talking a lot about commercial property and what's going on in the um, in the economy at the moment and how we can go get around and invest still. So definitely, if you um, are around and you come into those events, I really look forward to seeing you then. And then 
On the 8th of October, I'm hosting my Members Club live event in Manchester. Very excited to see all my clients and give you all hugs and just make sure that you're doing okay. Um, And again, we're going to be doing a lot of talk around what's going on in the economy right now and investing and some top tips and what we're seeing and have a general good chatter, catch up. Um, So for all of my members and clients, I cannot wait to see you there. Um, If you've been thinking about joining the members club and you want that sense of community, now is the time to join. Um, And then come and see us in Manchester on the 8th of October. You can um, actually email Lorenza at ncrealestate.co.uk. Lorenza will get you set up and moving forward. And the reason I say that is because I'm traveling at the end of this week. Um, I'm coming back to the UK (laughs) with little Harry. Um, So when there's traveling involved and jet lag with a baby, um, Lorenza is your best person to speak to about joining the members club. She'll get you onboarded. She'll make sure that you're introduced to everybody on my team and then also send you all of the details about coming and joining us on the 8th of October. All right, so there's lots and lots of chances to come and see me over the next uh, couple of weeks. I look forward to seeing you all as well. Again, I reiterate, it's going to be okay. I promise you, it's going to be okay We just need to take this one step at a time. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I think there was only one bark in the middle of this podcast from summer. (laughs) Um, I hope you're okay. I really do. It's, It's a shock. But let's buckle in. There's going to be a ride going forward and we're going to work it out together. All right. I look forward to catching up with you very, very soon.